plastic pollution, deforestation, global warming. Sometimes it feels like there's just nothing we can do as individuals about our environmental crisis. But at the Oath Project, we believe that small acts, when done collectively, can create massive impacts. That's why we created this podcast, to share the stories of the individuals who are doing just that, one act at a time, to help the Earth. And hey, who knows, maybe after this episode, you'll be inspired to, as we call it, hashtag take the oath and commit to doing just one act at a time. Now on with the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to One Act at a Time Stories of Change. My name is Cheryl, and I'm back as your host today. Before we begin, I would like to acknowledge the land that I'm speaking to you from today is on Robinson Superior Treaty Territory on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabeg. Our theme this month is Tech for Good, which highlights the power of technology to make an impact for the greater good. And to this end, this podcast is a special one as we share news about a hot off the press update for Oath. Thanks to the work of an incredible team who've been at it for a few months now, some of whom are in this call, we are preparing to launch our latest project currently called the Climate Action Database with a final name being workshopped as we speak while we prepare for that launch. So what is this? What am I talking about? Uh, A super cool new initiative that gives those in the climate action community a technical platform to share their work, connect with others, and communicate impact. In short, it's a web app that seeks to become the LinkedIn of climate action, starting in Halifax and later the world. So for today, we have a roundtable bringing together some of the key folks who've been working on the database, specifically Tara Mathers and Shetengshu Roy on the Oath team, who've been working on building out the app itself, as well as Brenna Walsh from the Climate Reality Project, Canada's Community Climate Hub Initiative, who is the regional organizer for Atlantic Canada, and Drew McQuinn, one of the local hub leads from the Halifax Community Climate Hub. A big welcome to you all, and thank you so much for coming out. So for my first question, I wanted to start with you, Shetang Shu. Please let all of our listeners know, how did the idea for the platform come about in the first place? Absolutely. Yeah. I just want to echo, it's been such a pleasure having the Halifax Climate Hub being work with us and try and figure out, you know, how we get this up and running and just also just broader, broadly the Oath team. Tara, specific shout out to you on the tech side, just, you know, she makes like code and magic out of code. And so it's always such a pleasure having her and Cheryl coming on board to, yeah, get us uh, to our launch point. So I'm um, yeah, so excited to start this off. Uh, kind of the inspiration for uh, the Climate Action Database was actually at a hackathon. Uh, so that's kind of like an innovation contest that was being hosted by Dalhousie University, which is a local university down here. And um, it was a climate-themed one, also co-hosted or uh, co-sponsored by Halifax, which is like uh, the regional uh, climate action network in uh, Halifax. So I was participating with a team there. And we, as we were listening to various pitches, I remember being at one level so inspired by just the amazing ideas that people had and these amazing projects people were working on uh, to help with climate in various different ways. Um, At the same time, I was also thinking about uh, the fact that, you know, the folks who are pitching could be, you know, connecting with other folks in Halifax. And there were networks, other kind of people doing similar-ish projects in Halifax or just other real uh, great partners they could be working with. 
And so I think something that as folks are like thinking of different ideas, like I was thinking about how, you know, there's this opportunity to really create a community among our climate leaders and folks working on climate action. And so really the inspiration for the climate action database is just seeing how there has been a movement of great climate action being done by so many people, young and old, in particular youth, you know, just, just amazing climate action happening all over the world, especially here in Halifax. And uh, this, uh, this realization that there might also be a gap there in terms of creating a directory where people can see what's going on, creating a database that provides just a central place to help folks get an idea of where they can bring value, a place where they can share impact, connect with others. And yeah, it's, it's, it's been a kind of a cool journey so far, but that's kind of how it just started. And from there, it's been a real amazing process of consultation, you know, uh, talking to different uh, potential partners, talking to different folks to get help on the platform. And it's been very cool to see uh, after many months of work, you know, us getting to that point where we're just about to launch a beta. It, it takes a real acuity, I would say, to be able to first identify that there are all of these fantastic projects going on. And then also to identify the gap that, okay, all these projects are going on, but um, are we talking with each other and do we all know about each other? And then to actually take that and move it forward into something awesome like this uh, climate action database. So that's really, really neat to see. Brenna and Drew, I'd love to bring you in here. Uh, how did the Halifax Climate Hub get involved with the database? And uh, even more generally, feel free to share about the awesome work that you do. Yeah, I guess I heard about the Climate Action Database and the idea of bringing together this information and on what different organizations are up to in the area from uh, one of the city staff who works in Halifax on climate after this hackathon, actually, that Chitang Shu mentioned. I guess I came off as really liking uh, good data and they were excited to tell me about some interesting projects that had come through the hackathon. And then I heard Chetang Shu present on the progress they had made during one of the Halifax Stakeholder Network quarterly meetings that the city is holding with a really wide group of stakeholders involved in climate and thought that this would be a really great project to get connected with the Halifax Community Climate Hub as an emerging project in the city. So there is a lot going on in Halifax on climate, environmental and sustainability space, but we really think that's really important to build up a hub and having to try and think of better ways to link everyone in climate in the area is one of the things that we've been thinking about in developing the hub. Because um, a lot of people seem to be working a bit individually and not always aware what projects are going on, but also what resources from previous projects might be available and how to kind of be able to have more impact in those ways. Yeah, it's, uh, just to kind of add to that. So Community Climate Hub, We've put this team together because we felt that there was a great need for connecting different initiatives and, and individuals and organizations that are doing really hard work on climate action, but um, you know might need a network, more support, more um, resources to to go to and uh, find others that are like-minded and uh, willing to help and like I said, support. So we have put this team together to um, do what we can to bring those individuals and groups together. And so when we heard about uh, the Oath Project's uh, Climate Action Database, it was a no-brainer for us because it fit perfectly within our mandate of uh, uniting people 
and filling that void that we feel is out there on making sure that people aren't trying to reinvent the wheel and making sure that there's efficiency and uh, ultimately growing our voice. So the database fits perfectly within that mandate. And so uh, we're really happy to be a part of it. It's, it's amazing to see those connections. Um, and at a personal level, I want to express how grateful Oath has been to work with the Halifax Climate Hub, especially as we build our platform and we're getting ready to launch, which uh, sort of leads me into my next question, getting into the nitty gritty. And this one I want to send to Tara. You've really been the one doing the immense backend work of our coding, our platform. And I understand that you come from a background of co-building technologies that have seen millions of users all around the world, which is just so impressive. So as Oath's resident tech specialist, the question that I have for you is, what's the process like for building out a platform like this? What kind of challenges do you come across? Do you have any words of advice for other people interested in pursuing tech-based solutions to social problems? Um, yeah, so the process for any software project is usually pretty much the same. Like you start with your uh, requirements gathering where you kind of think it, try to uh, hammer out the high level features that you're going to deliver. And the climate uh, hub folks have been a huge help to us there. Uh, then after that, you have design where you basically think about like how you're actually going to do it and like the technologies you're going to use, the user interfaces that you're going to have, et cetera. Then there's the development phase where you actually implement your design. And then of course there's testing and then deployment, but usually the process doesn't stop there. From there, it usually becomes an iterative process of getting more feedback from users and then implementing more features and um, yeah, keep continually uh, delivering new features to, uh, to the app. Yeah, I think the biggest challenge was how uh, we would represent location programmatically. So originally we were thinking that projects were going to basically belong to a city and that would be it. But then we started thinking about it more of a project rather being affecting kind of a geographical area. So it might not be a city, but it could be like, a county or like a neighborhood or maybe even multiple cities. And then also we want to have the ability for people to be able to search locations and find the projects that are closest to them. But maybe you want it to be within a certain distance or within like maybe like your own neighborhood, et cetera. So that was kind of the biggest challenge there. This sounds like a huge undertaking. So I wonder if you have any advice to anybody who might be listening, who is looking to move tech forward to help in the environmental realm. Yeah, I think, I think yeah, it's really important work. So I would just say, yeah, definitely keep going with it. And maybe even, you know, maybe even sign up with, with our platform so you can help get the word out there and, you know, help impacting people. Awesome. I like it. Can you also share a bit more about what the database looks like right now? And then what can we look forward to seeing in the future? Yes, yeah, so basically right now, an organization or an individual can sign up and they can create a project page and also post updates to their project. And then users can also 
uh, search projects based on things like their location, category, or other attributes of the project. And yeah, we, and also they can message the message the owner of the project and also find ways to get involved with the project. So in the future, we're hoping. So right now, the projects we're mainly focusing on Halifax and Nova Scotia. But in the future, we want to think about maybe expanding out to other provinces, maybe even other countries as well. And another huge feature that we haven't really um, started yet, but we're thinking about for the future is being able to measure the impact of the individual projects and being able to measure them kind of in a quantitative way, like, for example, how much carbon emission was reduced and other metrics like that. It's so cool to hear about what we're envisioning from the tech side for the database and the ambitious goals that we have for it in the future. Uh, it's really exciting. It reminds me of, there's there's this uh, book trilogy that I read and it's set in the uh, 13th century in Europe. And it's basically just highlights that each small community basically has to create their own innovations over and over again around things like health, things like clothing, because there's no communication between towns and cities or it's slow or it's difficult. So I'm just sort of drawing that parallel because now that we have this really powerful tool of telecommunication and web communication, this is where I see the climate action database being so powerful now that we have the power to share our insights with other people. And this way we can help spread our innovations faster. We can reduce duplication between ideas and we can build off of each other more collaboratively and efficiently. So this, this is where I see the Climate Action Database being so helpful and so powerful. Cheryl, could I just jump in on that thought? Yeah. It's just that uh, I, I think that um, you can envision it like if you have some uh, political leaders or group organizers who are asking themselves, well, how can I uh, find support for this project where like um, what's going on out there I need to know quick and this is going to be something that they can just jump right on too fast because I think everybody wants to help but they don't know where to go you know um, and online there's so much variety it's hard to keep it all organized and know like what where would you fit in to help in this space so I think this is going to really uh, assist with that type of uh, that type of search so uh, yeah, I've, I've already noticed when I was going through the database myself, how easy it is to find that kind of stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for that addition. It, it's a wild, wild web out there. So uh, being able to go to one specific place to be looking for this specific eco-related information is going to be really key. And yeah, even those not necessarily involved in the project, like politicians and, and that kind of thing can also use this database um, to even just see what's going on in, in constituencies, which is great too. Yeah, and policymakers would find a use for it, I'm sure. Right, that, that's a really great point. Uh, I'll, I'll turn the question around what we hope to see in the database to uh, Drew and Brenna and Shu as well. I, I just wanna ask what, what are you hoping to see in the future for this database too? And where do you hope it can go? Yeah, ultimately, you know, this is starting out as a local uh, initiative, but this is needed on a national and international scale. 
So, I mean, we have to start somewhere obviously, but, and uh, it'd be awesome if Halifax leads the way on this and acts as a representative for climate action and change. But this is going to have to grow quickly as well, because as we all know, this is a global problem. So anyway, it's, it's pretty cool to be on the ground floor of uh, such an important tool. Um, I think the database, um, just seconding what Drew just said, is going to be a really important tool to act as a framework for the hub's work. A really great place to bring people together in Halifax and really be able to leverage everyone's enthusiasm and passion for climate work and make more projects more efficient and really be able to help that move those really important things along. And then from my perspective as a regional organizer in Atlantic Canada, I think there's a lot of potential to expand this once we get the pilot up and running in Halifax, expand to other cities. And I think it would be really great, will be really great to see these city specific pages in the future. And I'm excited to share it with other regional organizers and other hubs across Canada. I think it will be a really useful engagement tool for them, bringing together grassroots actions, community groups, not-for-profits and NGOs and people working in the tech sector, uh, as well as other areas together and really being able to strengthen some of the work that's already being done. And as Drew was mentioning, you know, let people know what's being done in particular areas on particular topics for people to be able to tap into and really add their strengths and capacities to those projects in a more easier way. So I think it's my turn now, but Cheryl, I'd love to, before I answer, I'd love to hear from you. And in terms of part of the reason we brought you in is because like you, you know, we, we, we hired, we talked about, you know, we need people to dream with us. Right. And so What's your dream for a database, Tara? What's your dream? I'd love to hear from you folks, and then I'll I'll share my part at the end. The interviewer has become the interviewee. Um, Tara, did you want to add first, or should I go? Yeah, I think my dream for it, I guess, would just be having it be a global tool that could incorporate all projects around the world uh, for ecology and uh, environmentalism. I hear that. Honestly, I I second that motion um, wholeheartedly. And I think that builds on my last comment on the importance of communicating with other people too. I just, I'd love to see the database being accessed um, and contributed to by people across Canada. And even more broadly, like Drew said, this, this isn't just a Canadian issue. This is a worldwide issue. And we have so much collective knowledge in this world. So just by creating a place to come together through this climate action database. I think this can catalyze even more projects and initiatives and partnerships to help our climate crisis. So I have really big dreams for the platform um, and I really hope that others can become engaged too. So this is what makes me excited about the climate action database. Um, and now I want to flip it back on you, Shetang Shu. Uh, what do you hope to see in the future? For sure. You know, it's, I think what gets me really excited is, I mean, a lot of what you folks have said and, and more, and I get, I draw a lot of inspiration from hearing about others even talk about the database and these possibilities it has. So I think I'd answer two questions. The so one is more a practical side is trying to find sustainability for a database as with any projects. And having done a lot of nonprofit work is uh, sometimes just that aspect of things. You know, um, you, I remember you asked Tara a question around, you know, what it takes to launch an initiative like this. And a lot of times what it takes more than anything is a good team, right? And sometimes uh, there's a reality of keeping that team together. Oftentimes, you know, it requires both resources, help, 
you know, more volunteers coming on board, more staff coming on board, which sometimes means there's a financial aspect of things. So I think from one kind of practical answer is I, I love, you know, in an year or so to see the database being something that's maybe explored in different parts of the world that also has the capacity from the team side to be a sustainable endeavor that can, you know, be something that can, that defines and helps guide climate action moving forward. And I think the other thing that I reflect on is it, it connects back to what Drew was saying earlier about how, you know, there's a lot of times, you know, folks in the climate community don't know where to start. You know, in fact, if I could reflect on, you know, both my journey and even yours, Cheryl, you know, we were talking about how, you know, we, we're coming from some, not necessarily in the environmental field and you're coming from different fields. And then something just knowing where to start is a challenge. Even if you're, even if you're starting a project, you know, knowing which resources you can tap into, that can be a challenge. And so, you know, Drew mentioned that earlier. I'm also reflecting about how there's so many folks, especially young people who just want to know, you know, where can I be useful? And, and they're look, just looking for some tips. I'm reflecting back. So over the last couple of weekends, I've had the opportunity to, to take part in training from the Climate Reality Corps. Uh, that's a big thanks to Brenna actually recommending this particular training. And there's a training from Al Gore and a few other folks who've kind of come together to provide a toolkit for resources for different community organizers and climate leaders to be more effective in their action. And I remember in the training at the end, one of the fo folks and they were asked, you know, what's next for you? They said, well, I'm not exactly sure yet because I want to see what else is out there. And this is where I thought, okay, this is that tool where you can at least get a capture, get a kind of a, a screenshot of the, this, these are the initiatives that are happening. These are the gaps that we aren't addressing. Or, you know, if I have a particular skill set that can address and help with another project, here's a way for me to connect with that. So I really see this opportunity for this to be a really good starting point for a lot of amazing climate action to happen. So, you know, maybe it will inspire even more climate action in the future. That, that's a really great point. We so often hear about how people work in silos. You know, I think that's like the buzzword of the century, how we're working in silos and need to break down silos. And I think with this database that that is um, one of the key intentions is to connect people who wouldn't otherwise be connected with each other or inform people that wouldn't otherwise know that certain things are going on across all different types of sectors, just like you mentioned. So that's a really great point. And speaking about other people becoming involved, should Tangshu, I'll ask this question to you. What is the next step for the Climate Action Database and how can our listeners get involved? Yeah, so we're excited. A lot of the tech side of it is uh, a lot of it's finished. A lot of it's just almost there. So we uh, would encourage anyone who's interested in just trying it out and experimenting with it, testing out, putting different projects on there, trying to find bugs, all that, that kind of testing side to reach out to us at the oath project at gmail.com. I'm sure any podcast links and stuff we can share uh, that as well. Um, and just express your interest. Uh, kind of what we're we're ready for, we'll call it a beta test pilot launch, if you want to call it that, where you know we'll uh, you know share it more internally to folks who've reached out to us, or especially folks, folks in the Halifax community, and then later, you know, uh, with the hope to like uh, broaden that network. We've been kind of working towards like uh, co-op 26 and trying to time our launch towards. Yeah, all the, the, the conferences happening uh, in Glasgow in, I believe it's next week, actually, next Sunday it starts. So it's, it's really exciting. So yeah, just reach out to us, uh, send us an email if you're interested, um, especially if you're in Halifax. But I will say, you know, even if you're interested in, 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 in from other parts of the world and you want to maybe bring 
bring it to those those parts at a certain point, just reach out to us. And, and you know, we'd love to uh, spread the word, reach out to us, and we'd love to bring it out to the rest of the world too uh, when the time comes. So yeah, reach out to us, send us an email. We'd love to get involved. Uh, we look for beta testers uh, just to make sure that, yeah, we have a platform that works really well. On that note, Thank you, everyone, for joining me today on the podcast to Shatang Shu and Tara and Drew and Brenna. Thank you for joining and really looking forward to this launch. Again, if anyone is looking to get involved, send us an email at theoathproject at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of One Act at a Time, Stories of Change. We would love to hear your thoughts on Instagram or Facebook at Take the Oath. And to learn more about the Oath Project or to nominate someone for this podcast, visit oneactatatime.org. If you enjoyed this podcast, subscribe and share it with your community so that we can inspire more people to hashtag Take the Oath. That's it from us, and we will see you on the next episode.